Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today's episode is sponsored by KB Cross Care on 321 North Main Street in Jonesville, South Carolina. They offer hand car wash, vacuum, and clean interior. Full detail is also available. While you wait on your vehicle, customer seating is available as well as a dining area. They open Tuesday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., so make sure you stop by. This episode is also sponsored by Big Ben's Desserts. If you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, this is the place for you. They have a wide variety of desserts, including cakes, ice cream, banana pudding, and my personal favorite, which is Oreo cheesecake. They're open Tuesday to Saturday, Tuesday to Saturday from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. and Sunday from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. and closed on Monday. So stop by and visit Big Ben's Desserts on 297 Spartanburg Highway in Lima, South Carolina, where nothing could be sweeter. Today, this is another special episode of the Cross Line Podcast. It's part of our self-investment tour. We are back in Atlanta. We finally made it through traffic again, but we are here. We have a very special guest. He's a photographer. He does a lot of work for some of the greatest comedians of all time, from George Lopez, D.L. Hughley, Cedric the Entertainer, and, and many more. He's also His son is also a one of the biggest artists in hip-hop today. Um, we'll talk a little bit more, more about that later on, but today we have a special guest with us again today, back for the second time, Mr. Shannon McCollum. How are you? Great, man. Good to be here. Man, glad to have you on again. It's, it's hard to believe, man. It was The first time we uh, sat down was actually in 2018, so it's almost been three years ago. Wow. Yeah, it was like, when the first time <laughs> it started, man, so it was... It's a blessing to still be here, first That's of all. That's right. That's right. With so yeah. much going on, and then just to have you back on, I really appreciate you um, taking the time to My you pleasure, know, man. sit down again. Um, and I'm going to kind of just tell everybody again kind of how we met. It might refresh your memory as well. Okay. Um, I'm, I was a big, I'm a big fan of D.L. Hughley, so I follow him on Instagram, and um, he, I always see him post pictures and everything, and he, uh, I remember him tagging you in a picture. So, you know, when a lot of times when, when people – Tag somebody in, like who um, took their picture or anything like that. You always, I, I like to, you know, like, well, who is this person? Let me go mm-hmm. click on their profile same, and, same. And, and see their work. Yeah. So he tagged you in it, and I was like, and he said, Shannon McCollum, and I was just, you know, looking at your profile and seeing all the work that you were doing. I said, man, let me just take a chance and just reach out to him and, you know, see if he would be willing to come on and share a story. Being that um, I had a background in, in journalism, that's what I was doing in college. Mm. And, um, I didn't get a chance, you know, it was hard for me to get a job once I graduated, so I kind of had to create my own opportunity. That's so, what's up. So I was like, man, let me just reach out to him and, you know, see if he'll be interested in sharing your story. And I didn't know what to expect, didn't know if you were going to respond to anything, because I knew you had, a, just looking at your profile, sometimes they can um, kind of, you know, just talk just talk a little bit about, they can kind of like fit, put a little bit of fear in people, because you sometimes you may feel like, man, this person is so huge, they got so much going on. They don't have time to talk to me, but you right. know I still stepped out of my comfort zone and I and I reached out to you and and thankfully you were like you you would love to, you know come on and share your story absolutely so I, so I I really appreciate that yes that, man so that meant a lot to me but um you know just reading some of the, some of your accolades um so people give you an idea giving people an idea of like who you are and what are you and how what some of the things that you do but I want to let you tell tell yourself if people come up to you and ask like who is Shannon McCullough? <sighs> Who is Shannon McCollum, man? Um, he's a dude that decided to follow his dreams. You know, mm-hmm. he's 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 the dude that decided to follow his dreams. You know, I um, I grew up with um, my father being a photographer, mm-hmm. and so with it being around me, you know, in the house, we had a dark room in the house. Um, 
you know, you see your dad get up every day and, and, and take pictures for a living. And he was a photojournalist. You know, mm-hmm. he, he worked one of the one of the first black photographers to, to work at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Um, and now he's 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 been the staff photographer for Morehouse College for like the last 10, 15 years. So after wow. he retired, he just went to Morehouse. So it ran in my blood, man. You know, mm-hmm. uh, um, photojournalism runs in my blood. And um, I, 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 I decided um, 30 years ago this year. <laughs> this is my 30th anniversary of, of, of taking pictures, um, is that I, um, I wanted to work with artists. I wanted to be in the entertainment business, but mm-hmm. from a photography standpoint, you know what I mean? And, and back in the day in Atlanta, um, we, had a, um, we had a dope music scene here. You know, mm-hmm. we had a, back in the early '90s. We had a dope music scene with, um, you know, Atlanta was popping. You had TLC. You know, we had Usher. When as a kid, we had Criss Cross, who was huge. You know, um, we had um, Pastor Troy. We had. I mean, we just had so many Outkast, Goody Mob, the whole organized noise. So I kind of, I kind of jumped in, man, and um, um, one of the first people I met, not one of the first people I met, but when I started really, I, I made my name by shooting parties. I started shooting parties. Just re- like house parties, just random. Just, houses. just DJs would, DJs would hire me. So I would show up at these parties and my pictures would be kind of dope. So they would be like, Hey man, you, you know, how much had you come back? You know? So it kind of got in that thing. I was shooting all these parties and, um, I met, um, I met Rico Wade and Rico Wade, was the guy that gave the whole dungeon sound, dungeon family sound, from the, the Goody Mob early records to the early Outkast. Um, Rico A did Waterfalls for TLC. Mm. You know, they did all, he, his little crew, Organized Noise, did all that. So, met him, uh, started hanging at his studio. So, it was the new dungeon, you know, it was the old, old dungeon where they recorded a lot of early, the first Outkast album. And then after they got that big hit, they moved. He bought a big house and they turned that studio into, uh, I mean, that basement into a studio. So um, I would go over, man. Um, I would go over and Future would be over there. Future was, I think he was probably in high school. You know, he was a young dude, man. So he wasn't even rapping. No, he wasn't even rapping. No, Future used to be sitting in the corner. And 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 I, it's so funny. I, I'm going. I'm working on a book, and I'm, I was going through some pictures. And I found some pictures of Future, and I was like, "Wow, Future! He was he was so young. He was he was a real young mm-hmm. dude." But what I didn't know is he is cousins with Rico Wade. Future's mm-hmm. cousin with Rico okay. Wade, and and Future was just soaking up the game, you know, because it was a big um, outcast. Was the, the you know Atlanta? Was, oh yeah, yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, so I just started hanging around a lot of entertainers, man, and musicians, and 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 I started. Um, I started being that dude in the studio, and I worked in a photo lab. So I shoot at night, and then in the morning I go to work and develop my film. It wasn't digital; it was film. Get my film developed at work, and it would be like dudes, dudes in the studio, you know, uh, or it'd be them with a legal pad writing their rhymes, you know. I just shot that whole process, but I would come back the next night to the studio with pictures. Mm-hmm. So I would show up with these pictures, man, and dudes would lose their mind, man, because it's like, yo, we we were just doing that last night, you know, and to come in with a photograph, like, you know, it, it, it's something tangible, 
you know, you're looking at yourself on this, on this, on this, you know, nice archive paper, and you're just like, wow, this, you know, it's a photograph. That's what we had back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would shoot these dudes, man. And I wouldn't tell them I get bringing in no little pictures, man. I was, you see my work. I was, I was bringing in nice sized pictures for these cats. But what it did was it allowed me to showcase my work. It allowed me to say, you know, you should rock with me. You know what I'm saying? Right. You see, you see how dope the pictures are. I, I'm printing pictures. I'm giving you pictures. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, it was, it was a hustle, man. It was just, a, it was a great hustle, man. I used to, I used to go to, I went to Clark Atlanta University. Okay. And. I would take pictures of like the girls on Friday. Now, but probably one day during the week, I take pictures. But then Friday, I would show up with my pictures mm-hmm. and sell the pictures to the girls. And so every Friday, that became my that hustle. That was a good come up too, yeah. Yo, so Especially you know everybody, college. man, come on, everybody yeah. getting fly on the yard. Yep. You know. What yep. I'm yep. And the girls got used to seeing me with the camera, and, and I would print their pictures, and I go back to sell them for five dollars. I sell like little four by sixes or five by seven. And then you got the 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 bras on the line, so I'm shooting them. You got the cues, you got the capitals. And so I start making mad bread on Thursdays and Fridays, taking pictures, and then coming back and slinging my pictures. Cause I worked at a photo lab too, mm-hmm. so. Um, but I would give artists their pictures because I wanted to be around them. You know, I wanted to. I wanted to. That was the best way to build a portfolio. Mm-hmm. You know, we walked around with portfolios back in the day. You know, you didn't have your know, social medias and all that. You That's know, crazy. you know what I mean. Yeah. You had to show up with your book and be like, "Yo, this what you got." Yeah, yeah. look, this how I get down. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you got to sell yourself, bro. Man, times you know? have changed, man. Yeah. <laughs> you just go to your Facebook or your Instagram now, whatever or your whatever. Yeah. But nah, man, we had to show up with a, a portfolio. You know, how how big was would you say photography was back then? Because it seemed like. You know, Pictures really help tell the story. And mm-hmm. I go through your Instagram. I'm like, you talking about uh, Outcast and Big Boy and Goody Mob. I remember seeing one of your pictures you posted um a while back, and it was just um, Outcast was performing on stage. Mm-hmm. But and it seemed like you got in at a time where it was like just perfect timing, right place at the right time. But was photography really a big thing back then? Would you say? Um, um for, you know, photography has always been around, but it wasn't like that in the hip hop game. Mm-hmm. Cass wasn't Cass wasn't 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 having photographers come to the studio. You know, it it wasn't. It it became later on when the hip hop magazine started popping, like the sources and the Double Source XLs and 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 some other local regional hip hop magazines. But um, but um. I just kind of, I just, I just, I just believed in myself, and and mm-hmm. and, and I, it wasn't about the bread for me. It was never, it was never about the bread. It was about creating content. Uh, I come from a background with my father, a photographer, where uh, my dad and my mother used to date the pictures. So, so any 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 pictures my dad would shoot, he would date his pictures, or my mom would date them, or, or the family pictures. Me, he's little, it would save my date, and and then and then it just grew, and it's mm-hmm. like okay, so this is a part of documentation. It's a photo mm-hmm. documentation. I can look back through my mom's, my parents' photo album and see back in 1977, I was in first grade, and I had this on. You know what right. I mean? That's what pictures do. Um, um, so. 
it 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 just be it just it just it just it was embedded in me. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and and that's a that's journalism. You know, that's a, it's it's photojournalism. It's it's documentation. It's documenting, and that's something I love, man. I just I, mm-hmm. I study so many you know photographers that, that 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 like Gordon Parks who 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 would go and shoot Malcolm and all those cats. You know, mm-hmm. so. I study. I study my craft. I study photography. Yeah. What, what would you say was that moment for you where you really realized like this is what this is what you wanted to do was like just being around your father and, and being influenced by him, or was it like when you finally were around the artist and you were like kind of hands on doing it yourself? What would you say was that moment where you realized like okay, I know this is what I'm really meant to do? You know, um, it's crazy. After seeing my, my, I mean, being my dad always, my dad. You know, and, and you know it's your bottom drawer in the refrigerator when you keep your your mama keep the tomatoes and the mm-hmm. fruit and all that kind of stuff. And our bottom drawer was full of film, like that's what my dad kept. I mean, it was like mad film at the end of that. So, uh, a part of me having that aha moment was not even really it's subconsciously it was from my father. But one time I met this dude when I was at Clark through a mutual friend. He he was at Morehouse, and he was a photographer. And he, um, we went to his apartment, and man, he had all this cool artwork on the wall, man. And I was like, wow, man, like he had some real cool shit on the wall that he had shot. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and that was a moment for me that I was like, you know what, bro, I, I want to do this, you know. I want, I want to, I want to. And this is before, the, this is before I'm shooting musicians, you know. This is before I'm, you know. This is me seeing a dude that that. That I thought he was a cool dude. We, we were freshmen. I was at Clark. He was at Morehouse. He had swag. He had he 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 carried a camera where everywhere he went. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The girls was always at his crib, and and he had pictures of girls and pictures of dope art on his wall that he had shot. And that moment right there, I was like, I went home. I went home. I was like 18, 19. I was like, Hey, Dad, can I have a camera? Like dead ass, I want to count. And that was pretty much. And that was that was that was the turning point. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was. I always I always grew up around art. So when you grow up around art, you know you bound to go to art museums or, or galleries or you know or when you see enough art, something has to be in your life that pertains to art. You know when you grow up around it like that. I don't know if you go, you go into that world or you just someone that that really in that really that loves art. And and photography was that for me, you know. Did it, do you feel like it took you a long time to you know kind of find your rhythm, or, or how long was it? Do you would you say it was until you felt comfortable, you know, being around artists and, and the big names, celebrities, you know, to finally start snapping like those, those kind of pictures? You know what 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 happened for me is is um, you know you you you're, you're shooting you're shooting people that um, you start off shooting people that that'll allow you to shoot them, you know, mm-hmm. you know, um, cause you, you new to the game, you know, um, and you're trying to build confidence, you know, because you can't charge nobody and you know, you ain't that good yet, man. Right. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, and you, you, you can mess around and be messing up somebody's memories. You know, you can mess around and you could be just, you know, mm-hmm. just messing up. But, um, um, I practiced a lot. I kept shooting stuff, and then I and I worked at a photo lab, so I could. So what gave me confidence is 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 if you had a roll of thirty six exposures, and I shot thirty six, and I had and, and my goal was like I was like twenty of these finna be dope, you know. I wasn't finna waste no no shots, 
Cause you can't just shoot endless like you can now digitally. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I mean? You 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 had a roll of film, and that roll of film was like five, six dollars. So you only had so many rolls of film, yeah. you know, you wanted <laughs> to get it right. But uh uh I just started really, really, really man, I just I just I just really started messing with different lightings, different lighting situations. You learn stuff when when you're in a room that's not enough light versus, you know, shooting outside at 10 o'clock in the morning versus, you know, high light time at three o'clock. You know, you just learn so much by shooting in different um, atmospheres. And that's mm -hmm. what I did. I shot in, a, I shot a lot of my friends in different, you know, settings and just played around. Always kept a camera. You know, I just right. always had a camera on me. I think, I would think that would be kind of like one of the um, very important, especially for photographers, especially like you're saying, being on, if you're especially a college student, I would always say definitely carry a camera with yeah. you while you're on campus because, People love to take pictures Man, all the time. Pictures, so like bro. you so that's a good hustle right there. Automatically just take the camera with you. They see you, they get used to seeing you yeah. with the camera. Oh, you the camera guy right here. Yeah. Come on, bro. I used to get in so many parties for free, bro. And my dad told me, he was like, Look, you're gonna get in a lot of parties, they're gonna ask you to shoot. I mean, everything he kinda told me was gonna happen, happen. Like you you start off shooting at school. You go to an HBCU, people dressing. Oh, yeah. It ain't like the white school where they go to school in <laughs> t-shirt, flip-flops, swim trunks. No, on a black college campus, they are dressing every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you walk around with a camera, bro, you mess around and, hey, hey, can I take your picture? And you know, you, in, the, in the first couple ones, bop, 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 bop. And then you come back and be like, they say, oh, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the one thing people do with, with, within photography that's the greatest gift and, and in your world as well, videography, is people show other people. If it's good, they're going to they gonna show somebody they pictures. Oh, yeah. Boy, they're going to show their stuff off. Mm -hmm. And that's the, way, that's the way I used to, even when I was shooting mad weddings, back in the day, you had to put the pictures in a wedding book, right? When you, when you presented that book to the, to the bride, man, she taking that book to work. Showing everybody. Everybody. And yeah. then they say, you know, I'm getting calls like, well, my... My cousin getting married in June. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You, you available? Bro, it would be like clockwork. Mm -hmm. So I figured out the importance of making, making your work tangible, putting it in their hands. Even today, I still print my work, bro. I still print my pictures. I still get my stuff framed. I like it to look good. I, I, presentation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, it, and, it, and it gives your work so much more of a, of a wow factor. You know, it's like, you know what I mean? You... you 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 get your stuff printed, you get it archived on nice paper. You know, take the time to really to do it, and 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 artists love it. Mm -hmm. Other artists love it. Other, just as much as women like to be photographed, dudes like to be photographed. Oh yeah, too. even if you look <laughs> on Instagram now, that's almost what art, artists like. Anywhere they go now, it's like even if they go to like a little like a little small gathering, or if they in the studio, or even if they just got on a fresh outfit. One of my favorite all time artists is Fab. And he always posting pictures, always, always. clean. Because he keep a photographer with yep. him. And, and I was like, man, I, and I used to sit back and think, man, like, how did how are they just randomly just taking <laughs> these pictures just out of nowhere, just right. just posing? I'm like, but I'm like, okay, they got a photographer, Bruh. and it's like, man, it's and it's almost like it it really helps build their fault, especially nowadays. Absolutely. So when I was doing it back in the '90s. Bro, you had to sell yourself. I was selling myself to artists. Like, man, you should take me out on the road. You know, and, and me, I was a low-key dude, man. I was super low-key. I wasn't trying to, I ain't, I wasn't finna tell your business. 
if you if you got a wife at home and you doing what you're doing in the world, I ain't taking no pictures of that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you gain so much respect from dudes, rappers, artists, when you just a fly on the wall, man. And they know they can trust you. And they know they can trust you. Mm-hmm. And and you ain't finna you ain't and now in this era, I'm not finna post no 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 crazy whatever, nothing crazy of the of these people. So, you know, um, yeah, man, that was that was an artist. I won't say their name, and they got a big, big brand, and um, they were smoking in the dressing room, right? And I was getting pictures of the smoke, and you know, blowing it down, and mm-hmm. and, and 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 a corporate guy was back there, and he said, "Oh my God, you can't take pictures of him like that." The artist that's really big with the big brand, he said, "Oh, hey man, that's Shannon, man. He he wouldn't he wouldn't do that. He he." He won us. Right. You know what I mean? And so that's the biggest, bruh, that's the biggest pat on the back. That's the biggest, I see you. We trust you. You're a solid dude. You know what I mean? Um, I know you would never do anything to harm what we have. And mm-hmm. that's the biggest compliment that anybody could ever give you. Would you say it's kind of hard now, just a little bit in photography now, because nowadays when you're saying, you know, these guys built trust in you because they know you wouldn't take pictures and just post them where they're doing crazy stuff. But nowadays, everybody has a camera now. So if people see them out doing something like TMZ, is, they, they catch everything. Yeah. So it, does that make make it hard to kind of build that trust nowadays for you? Well, in photography, would you say, in general, because of it's so many cameras everywhere and these guys are kind of like vulnerable? Not for me. Mm-hmm. Not for me. And and it's because my character speaks volumes. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a solid dude, man. I'm a man of my word. I, 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 I shoot some, I deliver my product. I don't take forever to give my client to work. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I, I'm, I'm the dude that if lobby call is at six, I'm, I'm in the lobby at 545. You ain't never going to have to be like, damn, man, we ready to go with Shannon. Nah, right. man. So, you know, if we got to be lobby call for the airport, whatever, I, I am, I am early is on time. On time is late to me. So that's mm-hmm. just, that's just. When you when you have that and you engrave that and you really for real for real live by that kind of code, then people will see you, just like they'll see if you if if you really don't live by a code and you really like you really like you you a dude that you be coming to work hella drunk or you not showing up doing what you're supposed to do. People peep that too. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 your character. It's 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 me deciding to do another interview with you. What if mm-hmm. the first time I met you I was like. Nah, bro. That, that, right. that, that, I let that dude in my home, and, and, and you know he he was cussing, and you know I had I got a little kid, and he was around my kid talking crazy. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So how you carry yourself matters. How you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. You a solid dude to me. So guess Thank what? You. How you reached out to me, I'm back. Right. So that's 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 business. That's mm-hmm. it's how you carry yourself. Absolutely. I want to go back just a little bit as well, um, talking about the studio. Do you remember the very first studio session you were in with a with a music artist? Because I remember seeing one of the pictures you posted on Instagram. You was in the studio with Big Boy. But do you remember kind of like one of the first studio sessions that you sat in and, and what was that experience like? It was Outkast. It was Outkast. It was Outkast. Yeah, it was Outkast. And, and um, you know, man, you... you, you 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 it, you in the studio and you know they may be at the mixing board they might be writing hand in the booth is over there and I'm like right there and I'm just and I'm just like wow this like it's a it's moment crazy. right it's now crazy. bro yeah. you know I remember I remember being in the studio just to jump to jump fast forward a little bit I was in I I used to tour with Lil John 
Mm-hmm. And in the early, early, I don't know if it was the early 2000 or uh, 2005, 6, 7, Lil John was hot. Oh, yeah. That crunk era was just, it was crazy. And I was and with him there. Oh, man. And he was on fire. I mean, producing, you know, this all kind of big records. It, it, besides his stuff, but I don't know if you, you, you may be a little young, but um, 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 what's the cast name out of Atlanta? Uh, I can't think of their name, mm. but Lil John was hot. He was big and he was everywhere. Did he? Was it the artist you talking about? Was he with Lil John? Or? They, he, Lil John produced a lot of records for this group. I can't. They, they from Atlanta. I can't. I can't think of who they are now. But they, they, they God, I see their faces. I wanted to say, uh, I can't remember. Was it two guys? It's uh, two guys. Um, God, I can't remember. Yeah, their names. I can't think of who it is. But uh, anyway, Sean Paul was his name. One of the dudes' name was Sean mm-hmm. Paul. I forget the group. Uh, but Sean Paul was in the group. But Lil John had a session with E-40, right? Mm-hmm. So we had Stink On You. First off, we had Stink On You, you know, Outcast Studio. Mm-hmm. You know. Anybody at any given time walk in and out of there. So I'm in this session with Lil John and E-40, and they doing Snappy Young Bloods. Young Bloods. That's what I just thought about it, Young Bloods. Young yeah, Bloods. That's what yes, it was, yeah. Yes, yes, that's exactly what it was. But uh, so they doing Snap Your Finger, and I could tell by the do 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 you know, just it's the, crazy. I said, this is going to be crazy. And then after E-40 came in, later on that night, um, Fable came in, you know, and I was in the studio when he did that. I'm starting to see uh, spaceships on Bankhead. Like, I'm, right, up, yeah. I'm right there. <laughs> and John telling him to do it again. And he, and he all all his takes he killed. <laughs> like, Man, it's crazy. You know, I'm here with Fable, and Fable ain't here going crazy. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Like, just, just being in the studio with those guys, did you understand, like, how big like this that moment in time was um because i because i i had a, re- a recent interview where i interviewed mr uh, joe foster the co-founder of reebok mm-hmm. and i was asking him did he understand at the time like how big like how iconic he was building a shoe like he built the actual reebok shoe he's the creator of it and he was just like you know at the time it took people to you know come talk to him about you know saying do you realize what you're doing? Like, and that's kind of when it finally hit him. Like, man, I'm really building something wow. huge. Uh-huh. So for you, did you understand at that time being around Outkast and Goody Mob and Lil Jon and, and all those artists? Did you did you did you realize how big that moment was? You know what? What's crazy is 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 you're in it, mm-hmm. right? You you just you 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 you're, you're in it. You like every day. I would I would be at the studio with them. I would be at the studio with some artists every day, and and the word would get out through other artists, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, like they would pay me, they would pay me five hundred dollars just to go to the club with them, you and know, just take pictures, just take pictures in the club. They might go to Magic City and just be throwing them, and I'd be like, you know, and they get a section at 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 a at a at a, at a club somewhere, and just taking pictures and them kicking it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that all the time, and 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 me having my background, I had, I understood it, man. I understood like this gonna, this gonna be something. These my pictures gonna be something one day. That's how I felt, mm-hmm. and I say that because when I was, I remember being in high school. I remember being in the ninth grade, bro. It was Michael Jordan rookie year, and my dad shot the Bulls and Hawks game. And it was it was Michael Jordan first time in in Atlanta at the Omni. This was this was where the Hawks played back in the in the eighties. Okay. Um, and it was and it was eighty three. No, eighty four. 
because I was in ninth grade in 1984. I'm 51 years old. Yo, that that game, my dad came home and shot that shot that shot that game. My dad came home with pictures of Michael Jordan when he had a low fade like yours. He had a low fade. He still had hair, and he had the Jordan ones on. And I took the pictures to school the next day. I bet everybody went crazy. And my dumb butt ended up selling them for like $10 or something. <laughs> oh, I got, man. I got Jordan in the Omni, these nice size black and white pictures. So I, re, I to fast forward the story, I know I know the value of uh, a picture will take you back to that time. Mm-hmm. You'll go back. You know what I'm saying? Right. You'll automatically yep. go back to that era, that time. Even if you go back to your high school picture, your school picture, you'll you'll go your mind will take you back to that to that era. So I knew I knew with my pictures, man, that that it was it, they was gonna be like 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 Dre said, the South the South had something to say, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's always that's why I say I I really feel like because back then social media wasn't really around. Um, but just to have those pictures is it, special because, like I said, it, like you said, it's that moment in time, and and you can give you a chance to kind of like reflect on what 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 that moment in time meant and what you guys were going through mm-hmm. at that time. So it's very special. That's why I was like, I love to see like when you post those pictures of of artists and you kind of like share the story mm-hmm. behind those moments mm-hmm. because when you see a picture, it kind of helps you visualize. It takes you back to that era. How you, you you know I got so many I got some pictures upstairs that I, I, I I've been going through. And and you know you get to see these cats when they were like in their twenties. Like like I used to be around Jermaine Dupri, and Jer- mm. and and Jermaine Dupri, um, he was a young mogul in Atlanta, bro. I mean, he discovered crisscross. That dude had escaped. That dude was doing records for everybody. I mean, legend. Like, he's a, a legend, legend, right? And um, I shot him one time for a magazine, and then you know you shoot people, and they see you around other artists, and they see you um, BME parties and, and 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 all these different parties, and you're the photographer on the scene, so they see you a lot, and they know you legit, and so you know they 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 ask you you know come through the studio blah 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 blah, but um, man, it's just it's just it's just you in it, you 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 living it, you shooting. I'm out every night shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, but did I know it was going to be as big as, you know, as worthy hip hop is, 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 is I kind of, I kind of felt like, yes, I did. I really mm-hmm. kind of felt like, yes, I did. Cause these boys had a movement in Atlanta, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about, a, I'm talking about, man, I would, if, if back then being a photographer or a videographer, you stayed busy. Cause there was so many, there was so many parties. There was so many, um, Label events, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So you you got to you got to rub elbows in Atlanta. You can run into anybody, bro, at any given time. Mm-hmm. So you got to rub elbows with so many. And if it not was it wasn't just the artists, it was people that was movers and shakers in the game. You know that was that was tied to Ti. That was tied. To, I mean, this dude DJ Toon, he the one discovered Ti. And I used to be. He, he used to. He used to. He used to. Um, he used to bang out all these records, all these Atlanta records. But then he did all the T.I. first whole album. I mean, he was a beast. And he and he had he he discovered him at like 13, 14. Bro, he used to call me over to the studio all the time. And I go in there and and being a producer, you got artists that are coming down, come in and lay some tracks, you know, stay for about six, seven hours, and then dip. And then the next day or two days later, it's it's somebody else big, you know. Mm-hmm. So I I, I I ran in so many circles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And being like that go-to guy, was it kind of like you felt 
in the not not saying you were in danger or anything, but like you were just kind of like protected, like just being around these guys and they built that trust with you. If you had to go somewhere or if you ever needed anything, whatever, it's like, okay, this is Shannon. I got him. He's good. Mm-hmm. Was it kind of like that, you know, just being around everybody? Was Absolutely. it kind of like you were that guy and they just made sure that you were always good? You know, it would be, it would be, it, it would, it would be like, hey man, y'all, 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 oh, y'all need pictures for your artists? Man, you got to holler at Shannon, man. You know, so it was, it was that kind of, it was that kind of, you know, you know how to, that you running your race and they'd be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it was that, it was that, it, I was getting the torch passed like crazy, bro. And so that's, that word of mouth is such, it's, it's, it's like, yo, I fuck with this cat, man. He, he, you in good hands. You let him take your pictures, you in good hands. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what it became. It, 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 you know, New York photographers were the ones that was, that was getting out of love. Man, funny story. I was, I was the source reached out, the source magazine, right? Mm-hmm. So usually, usually they fly photographers down, but Lil John said, nah, I have my own photographer. Mm. You know what I mean? So I ended up shooting the, the thing for Lil John. And um, but the dude who was who was who was, I don't know, it was, I don't know who it was for. It was for some brand. I don't know, I can't remember, but it was for a brand. Dude showed up and I met dude first at, at Stankonia. And um, dude said to me, Lil John walked in and went into like a like a like a, a, a studio room, like they got A studio A studio B. So dude didn't knew I knew Lil John. I actually went to high school with Lil John. Mm. You know what I mean? Lil John, Lil John flew me to his beach house to shoot his family. I spent the I spent the weekend with them. Wow. Like That's he, crazy. he got a big ass beach house in South Carolina. Um, oh really? And I forget what it's called. What part of South Carolina it is? But uh, whatever big place people go. But he got a he got a big ass Hilton Head. He's got a big ass beautiful house on the beach in Hilton Head. Mm. Elevator in it the whole nine. Flew me down for a weekend. I spent a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday just shooting his family, hanging out on the beach, and just being at the crib, shooting them, eating breakfast, and just. That's what came out of my relationship with him, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of shit. So anyway, when dude, dude tried to, <laughs> when I was doing the shoot, he came from New York. He tried to stop me from going to the studio. He said, oh, no, you can't go in that, you know, you, 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 stay, you stay out here. And, 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 and when Lil John saw I hadn't come in yet, he came out and was like, man, come on. You know, dude was like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> so in Atlanta, that's how, that's how Atlanta was, man. Like, people really, like, you know, they clicked. Oh, man, they yeah. clicked up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and. You could, you could, you could, it could be, it could be Pastor Troy, it could be Lil John, it could be the, it could be, uh, Petey Pablo came down, you know, and, 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 I mean, everybody would just jump on everybody's records and everybody, everybody showed love they, they, they knew was dope at their craft, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Did that sometimes, you know, kind of create a riff, like, did you ever feel like you had to choose a side at certain points? Because I remember, I know, of course, you know, uh, Jeezy and Gucci had their issues in the past, or I, I think at one point in time, Lil Jon and Pastor Troy might have had their differences. Yep. Did that kind of put you in the spot where you had to choose, like, if you wanted to work with one artist or the other, or like, did you know it, what, how was o- that? The only time I felt that is, 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 I used to work with Troy, Pastor Troy, and I mm-hmm. worked with him for like four or five years, and we became, we had become real tight, we had become real close. And I, I had an office at his studio and everything, and. Um, I would be over there every day, man. So I, 
I left Troy and went to Lil John. And I could tell Troy kind of felt some kind of way about that, you know. Yeah. You know, Lil John had asked me to go on the anger management tour, and the anger management tour was him, 50, and Eminem. Oh, that and was they huge. Were, they were doing arenas every night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know. That's huge. That's a huge opportunity. Oh, yeah. bro. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, that I, I think that might have been the only time, you know, now, you know, um, I, I jump between D.L. Hughley and George Lopez. Mm-hmm. And they have their friends. But, um, you know, I don't know how I, I used to be. I remember one time being out there, it was like, George, cool, you, you out here, you know? Yeah. But, but, but they went on, you guys they went, went on, on tour, tour together. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Like, yeah. like last time we did an interview, yeah. they, everybody was on yeah, tour together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a, it was for five years, you mm-hmm. know, coming to get down, you know, with George and Sid and, and before Charlie Murphy passed mm-hmm. and, and Eddie Griffin. But, uh, but after that tour ended, I started going out with George. And then I started going out with DL. And then I started going out with George. And I started spending more time with George at, at one point. And um, so, you know, DL just wanted to know, you, you know, everything's cool. You know, so. Right. Yeah. yeah but. but, yeah, I I was, uh, I know that would kind of be tough. But it's like really, like when, when guys have issues, like you're just really there to do a job. But I know sometimes, like you were saying, you know, when kind of like puts you in a tough spot. Because you yeah. don't want to make it seem like you're not. Appreciative, Not appreciative, or, or you're like loyal to your right. guys or anything like that. But um, speaking of uh, DL and George Lopez, how, how did you a- actually end up? Because um, like I said, I I I just I found you went through DL Hughes' social media. But okay. how did you actually end up? You know, because you were doing hip hop artists. Like, how did you um connect link up with DL Hughes? So, um, I used to you know, <laughs> I used to work with Mike Epps. And still do. And um, <clears throat> I um, I met Mike through a through a through a um, through a publicist. Mm-hmm. So I started shooting some I started shooting some shows for Mike, and it grew and it grew and it grew. Well, Mike was asked. George wanted to build Richard Pryor statue in his hometown okay. in Peoria, Illinois. And so he asked, he asked DL, he has he has Dave Chappelle, Mike Epps, all these people. And they did the show and they raised way more than they, they thought they needed. And they were all able to get the extra twenty grand a piece. And and so George was like, why don't we do why don't we turn this into a tour? And they was like, shit, okay. So Mike jumps on the tour. And so since I'm at the time Mike's photographer, okay. I'm out on the tour. Mike does like one or two shows, maybe maybe two, and uh, Mike ends up filming a, a TV show, and he jumps off the tour. So I said, "Well, damn, you know, there I go. That was my opportunity, you know, to catch these legends, you know." Mm-hmm. But I still had my laminate, right, my mm-hmm. all access pass. So the next weekend, I decided to fly myself to Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah, that's, that's that's close to us, but I always close to home. Okay. Yep. So uh, I flew myself to Greenville, South Carolina. I showed up, and they was like, "Who who who hired you? Who brought you out?" I said, "Nobody, man." I said, "I just wanted to come shoot, and um, you know, show y'all my work, and and you know, just wanted to come shoot the show, Bruh, After the show, after I shot the show. But but not to cut you off, but did they kind of already knew know your um, track record from yes. like working with artists already? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Well, one of one of the managers did, 
but then they saw my work the week before how I shot the show. The, t the last two weeks before I had shot the show because I posted the pictures and I tagged them all, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so, I, and, and after Mike got off the tour, they ended up having a meeting and saying, look, man, uh, we want you on the tour. What does it take to have you on the tour? So that's how I got on the tour and ended up going five years. Man, that's, yeah. that's huge. And, yeah. And Just because I decided to, I, I, I could have not gone, but I decided to go to fly myself to Greenville, South Carolina, and, and I still had my all Essex pass. So I was like, shit, I might as well just and you, go. And it's amazing that you kind of found it. You realized it was an opportunity. Like what? It was an opportunity. You just realized you took that chance, and you said, you know, you don't know how it's going to turn out, right. but you were willing to, you know, take a chance, bet on yourself. Again, even though you already had a, a great track record of working with artists anyway, and you still find a way to say, you know what, I'm going to still go out here. And then it just turned into you, you know, going on a, on a tour with those guys. For five years. And, and, and I, I said to myself, what am I going to lose? If, if I shoot the show tonight and then they just say thank you for the pictures, then, you know. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. But you still have, a, and now it's just turned into a, a great relationship. Oh man, with now guys. now now I've been with George seven seven years, and I've been with DL now seven eight years. So you know, it turned into some longevity. Mm -hmm. Did you have a moment where, or just being around all of these these legends in in entertainment, was there anybody that you ever came across to where you were just like, kind of, you know, I guess like a fan? Like I'm trying to figure out the, the word I want to use, but like you were just like. Kind of like starstruck in the sense, we're like, man, I'm I'm really in front of this person. Man, let me tell you, two two people, and I'm not gonna say I'm in the order I should say them in, but I'm gonna say them in this order. Um, back in 1996, the 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 Olympics, uh, when the Olympics came here, I got to shoot Ray Charles. Mm. That was dope. Like we talking about iconic, it's iconic, a legend, Ray mm -hmm. Charles, George on my mind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And so I got to shoot that, and uh, I got to shoot Barack and Michelle Obama, man. That's huge. And that was just, I, that, that was the biggest. But, uh, of course, I wanted to say Ray Charles first because it happened first. But, yeah, to be able to shoot Barack and Michelle, man, was, like, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually had a moment, and I actually, um, I spoke about this before, and I wrote it in my, in my book, um, the moment for me was actually um, when I was, you know, my senior year in college and I was covering sports. Mm -hmm. And um, Coach Cox, um, he, he had me cover high school football, and then he just took me along with him to cover, like, the Hornets and the Panthers. Oh, a lot of different sporting events. Yeah. But the first thing we went to, we, we riding up to a football game on a Friday night, and he was mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm, going, I'm getting ready to go cover ACC Media Day. Do you want to come with me? And then he said, after that, we're going to go over to the um, Hornets game. And this was when, right when this was the year of the Hornets, they were they were they were the Bobcats, but then they just switched the name back to the Hornets. It was 2014, 2015 season. So I went with them. Um, got it. We we go we go check into the uh, check into the hotel for the media day. I see Coach K walking in the hallway. Or Jim Beheim or um, Rick Pitino, um, Roy Williams. Wow. So that was that was dope. And then you know going to the Hornets game. You know just being a fan of basketball. Yeah. I, mean, I love sports. So I got a chance. You know. We actually get a chance to go in the locker room and you oh, know what? and interview the and interview the players. I don't know how things are now with COVID, but yeah. back then we got a chance. You know, they would feed us at meet um, when you get there to the arena, mm -hmm. feed the media. You go up, watch the game, and you go in the locker room and you know interview the players and mm -hmm. talk to the coaches. But on the way after the game, um, and this was when Giannis, this might have been Giannis's first or second year. So at the time, I didn't know he would be as great as he is now. <laughs> right. It's crazy. 
But, you know, on the, after the game, the Hornets won the game. We, we're walking down the hallway. So I'm going one way, and then down here comes Michael Jordan just walking past me. So, you know, me, I'm just like – I just look over my shoulder like, dang, that's – that's yeah, Mike, right? So I was like, man, that was just crazy to just be in front of all of these athletes. The one yeah. athlete I didn't get to see, which and I hate I didn't get to see him, I was actually at the game, but he was hurt at the time, was Kobe. Okay. And this was right when he started, his body started breaking down. He had, a, um, he had, he had just recovered from a torn Achilles, but mm. then he had a knee, knee, knee issue. But that was my guy. But I didn't yeah. get to see him. But okay. that was some times, man, where I was just like, I can't believe I'm really like right. sitting in front of these people. That's so dope. It's crazy. Yeah, it's inspiring too. It's it's hell inspiring to, to keep pushing. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to ask you though. What what would you say was kind of like the most for you? Um. Then we're gonna try to switch gears a little bit. What was, uh, like kind of like the most difficult part for you, like in your career, as far as like you know being on the road and traveling, you have a family and everything. Like, what would you say was kind of like the toughest part of just like being a photographer, or was anything tough for you? Um. You're away from home. Um. Like every weekend, <laughs> you um, you busy a lot, you know, because mm-hmm. there's always something going on, you know, and and that's how you make your money, you know, you 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 building a name, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in order to build a name, you got to be there, right? You got Absolutely. to be at these events, man. You got to be at 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 the stuff that's going on, and 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 this type of business, mm-hmm. it's FaceTime. I call it FaceTime. They need mm-hmm. to see your face. They need to associate you with you doing podcasts. They need to associate with me being, being a photographer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I was going to, sorry to cut you off. It's, it's tough because um, you, you're doing what you love, but then at the same time, you, you're missing that family time yeah. as well. And, and that's, that's, that's the thing I, we talk about a lot. And kind of, that's, that's kind of hard for me as well. You know, it's like doing what you love. Uh, you want to make a difference in other people's lives. But it's like, man, you, you're missing your family time. Because I have three kids and, okay. you know, I'm at a point now where I, I want them to come along with me, but they still, you know, my baby girl, she, she's three. Yeah. You know, like, she'll ruin this whole interview. She came, <laughs> came right now, but it's like, you know, I, I told them, I, I, I promised them, said, I'm going to bring y'all with me one day to that's come and do an interview yeah. with me. But that's, that's one of the toughest things is because, like, you, you want to do what you love, but sometimes you, you, you put your family on the back burner. Not, not that you're trying to do it intentionally, it's like, because, no. of course, you want to provide for them. Oh, yeah. And you still want to do what you, you Oh, yeah, what you well. love to do. Yeah. And, and it's good for you. It's good. And when your kids get old, it's, it'll, it's good for them to see you do what you do. Mm-hmm. And this is, the, this is the work my dad loves. This is, the, this, is, this is something that my dad is passionate about. And they, they may not realize it when they're young, right. but as they get older. Man, they'll get it. They'll get it. You know, they'll start I, to. I had my kids around. I, I used to take my kids on photo shoots all the time. All the mm-hmm. time, all the time, all the time. And uh, so they could see what I do. And they could, they, could, they, could, they could see my invoices, how much I got paid. I would show them. I would. I would ask them before the shoot, you know, help me with locations. Where should, where should I shoot today? You know, mm. you know. So. Is it mind blowing to you, you know, and I don't want to make it sound like a, a small thing, but just to see how, because I, I, I think about this sometimes myself about, you know, just a microphone and a, and, and a laptop. When I first started, I don't think I had was a laptop. I mm-hmm. say this over and over so people can understand. Mm-hmm. But to see how this just took me from, you know, Starting at home, like I remember recording in my dad's building in the back. I went to my school and recorded in the library mm. to seeing how I went to, to doing local entrepreneurs to, you know, going out of state, then just recently going across, all the way across the country. And, I'm like, and, it, and I had a moment where I just sat there like, man, I'm, I started with just a laptop 
and now I traveled all the way across the country. Like right. I just told you earlier, like I just interviewed the the, the co-founder of Reebok. So is it? And it's like, man, I I just started with a laptop, and just to see where it took me, yeah. where it brought me to, and I'm still going. Like yeah, I still yeah. have so so much more I want to accomplish. But for you. Is it mind blowing to see how a camera just changed your life and impacted other people's lives? Man, let me tell you something, man. First off, I told myself when I got in the game, one of the most important things for me is I said, I want my camera to take me around the world. I want my mm -hmm. camera to take me around the world. I want to go, I want to go many places out the country. And, 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 and shooting hip hop led me to being a staff photographer at Delta Airlines. I became mm. a staff photographer at Delta. So, I mean, like, my, my first assignment was, was to West Africa. You know, I went to Ghana. And Delta, Delta, was, partner, Delta was in partnership with um, Habitat for Humanity. And so the Delta employees would volunteer their time in building homes, and I would shoot it. And then on, on my time off, when they would be done, I would, I would walk through the villages and shoot. You know what I mean? So photography has done some amazing things you know what i mean photography has 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 allowed me to see so many things i wouldn't have saw growing up in georgia you know i grew mm -hmm. up in you know georgia and um it it opened my eyes to more than my neighborhood the more than the school i went to you know what i mean I've, I've learned so much you know i'm on my second passport you know i filled up a whole passport bro you know Damn. So it's 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 a blessing, man. It's it's been it's been wonderful to my kid, kids. It's mm -hmm. been wonderful to my kids, you know. Well, one of them in particular, but um, yeah. But it's just amazing, like just using your gift and you know, believing in yourself. It just brought you this far. And I always hear Steve Harvey say, "Your your gift will make room for you and put you in the presence of of great men." Yep. And just to see how far it brought you, man. That's man. a it's a it's amazing. It's an um, honor. I have um, I um saw your quote. I mean, I remember you said it towards the end of our last interview, and then it's also on your profile. You you have a saying we say, same camera, a different eye. Talk a little bit about that that saying that you so, use. So 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 that's my LLC, man. I I, I I I always used to use the term all the time, and and now it's my company, same camera, different eye, and um, it means we all kind of slick got the same camera. You know, they, 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 they cameras, you know what I mean? I don't care if you got Sony or Canon or Nikon, or, they still cameras. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a camera. Uh, but everybody that picked that camera up has a different eye. Everybody that touched that camera has a different eye. And I'm going to see something that you're not going to see, and you're going you're gonna to see something that I'm not going to see. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and if, if if we both got cameras and, and we go out and we, we hang out for, for, for six hours in a day, me and you both gonna come up with a lot of different stuff. Different. Yep. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's kind of my motto is 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 that, you know, I'm different with mine, you know, but um it's pretty much the same camera you got, but I'm just different with mine. Mm -hmm. right? So that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. I want I wanna change gears a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um as I mentioned earlier, your son is one of the biggest artists um, in hip hop right now. Absolutely, most definitely. Um, how has it been to see, for you to see where he, because um, I remember it was crazy because I remember when I asked you the last time, you were kind of telling the story. And I actually seen it um, where, where Coach K and, and P were doing a Rap Radar interview, and they told the same story that you did about how 
they just how Coach K discovered him, how you, you know, you knew Coach K back yeah. in the day. Yeah. And you kind of, and y'all put two and two together and connected him, and he turned into one of the biggest artists. How was it for you to um to see your son become one of the biggest artists? Like, like any other dad, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you 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 proud as hell, you shocked, you um, you so happy for your kid, man. All you want as a father, man, as you know, all you want is your kid to be better than you. You want them to be a law-abiding citizen. Mm-hmm. That's what my mom used to say. She said, she said, I just want you to be a good law-abiding citizen and that's it used to sound kind of corny but that means staying out of jail (laughs) that means not stressing my mama with some bullshit you know or Mm -hmm. my dad or them having to get me in out of jail or i'm getting a whole bunch of duis or i'm you know it's 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 being a law-abiding citizen being being somebody that go to work come home i might have me a drink i might chill with my lady and i don't bother nobody Right. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I ain't starting no shit. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm a solid dude. Um, so, you know, that's what I wanted for him. But I did not tell you what I didn't want him to go do a nine to five. Mm-hmm. And we used to talk about that all the time. You know, I, 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 I kind of wanted him to go into the video work because he was heavy in the video. Mm-hmm. He was heavy in the fashion. And uh, so I wanted him to, you know, possibly be a DJ. You know, I being a rapper never, you know, right, never crossed my <laughs> mind. But I tell you what, he used to do is he used to be on my Mac desktop, my Mac, um, my MacBook, and he would do these voiceovers, man. And he would just be, he would do skits. He would do skits, and 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 and, and I would see it on the on the on the on the um, on the computer. Um, and he just became so good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, so art, some type of art form was going to happen. I knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, he had an advantage because I was already in the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was already in the game, man. So I used to take I used to take him everywhere. I used to take him to the studio. I used to take him on my photo shoots. Coach K had seen him as Lil Miles. It's like, oh yeah, Lil Miles, yeah. And mm-hmm. and and he he. By the time he got to high school, he was. He already had that exposure already. He had the exposure, I, and I worked for Delta, so you got you got you flying everywhere for free. I'm taking him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you you going on photo shoots with me? Um, you hanging around swaggy adults? So you know you 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 so advanced. You know you so you 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 listening to way more than what the dudes in your neighborhood listening to. Because mm-hmm. I was listening to way more, you know what I mean, right? Um, and he just, he just, he for real, for real, he soaked the game up, man. He he really soaked the game up. You said something um, interesting that just grabbed my attention. When you said you knew you didn't want him to work a nine to five. Like, what what was your reason behind him not working nine to five? And I and I asked it because a lot of times now, when you say things about um, people being entrepreneurs and not working a nine to five, people who actually work those jobs feel like you're taking a shot at them for some reason, like. Why? Why are y'all? Expect well, we are like why are y'all always knocking people who work a nine to five? There's nothing wrong with it, and I always tell you, there's nothing wrong with you know having a job, but um, at the same time, it's okay, it's nothing wrong with investing in yourself either. But what would you say is kind of like what was like your particular reason for like not wanting him to work a nine to five? Um, because as a creative, I I didn't want him bogged down. Mm-hmm. And ain't nothing wrong with a nine to five, bro. I still work a nine to five. Mm-hmm. 
I still travel on the weekends. I, I, I work seven days, six days a week in one day of travel. Like I still work, I still work that Delta Monday through Friday. I leave work on Friday and I go tour on the weekends and I come home on Sunday. Mm. Like I do it every week for the last, I don't know how many years. But I wanted him to always be able to make money creatively. Um, 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 And and just, and just do, because he loved art. So I wanted him to, I wanted him to find his lane in art, you know, which I didn't know what it was going to be, but, but. I just wanted. He wanted to go to fashion school. He wanted to go to fashion college. Mm. And I, I saw you say something about that. Um, you posted a picture recently, with like something about going out to L.A. You shared a story about Kanye and going yep. out to L.A. and then how somehow he uh, met ASAP Rocky. Yeah, doing fashion or something. Can yep. you talk a little bit about that as well. So, so, so. First off, like the weekend before, I, I. The weekend before, I, I got a homeboy, Atlanta homeboy. See, this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something how, how, this, how this worked in our business. I got a homeboy that had blew up in the, remember the reality shows when they popped off and everybody had reality shows mm-hmm. and it was big back in the day? Yep. Well, my homeboy was a producer on a reality show and, he, and his bread popped off, right? He was renting a mansion in the Hollywood Hills. And I had I had I had flew out there and kicked it with it one weekend. I was like, bro, you living, bro? Like you can see all yeah. of downtown LA. Oh, man. Like he got the, the 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 big pool. He got the fake volleyball net with the with the beach, fake sand. Then mm-hmm. you got a hot tub <laughs> over here. And then you know the my, the guest room had a big ass balcony. And then his his bedroom had a balcony from here to down there. I mean, it was like, bro, you living? Damn. So I said to him, I said, hey, so I hit him. I said, hey, bro, I want to come out to LA. And mind you, I work for Delta. I fly free, so I tell I I, I get the kids, I, I, and I say, "Hey, man, but I want to bring my kids, man. I really want them to see how you living, bro." You know, he's like, uh, "I'm having ladies in and out." You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I said, "Hey, bro, I promise you, we in the streets. I'm trying to show my kids L.A. This is their first time in L.A. I'm trying to show them L.A. We just want to lay our head in your crib, but after that, we we gone." Right. He agreed to it. Bro, when we pulled up to the house and the kids saw the house, man, you talking about look, you talking about black kids, man, that don't that really see what they see where they from, right? So you take them out to California and they first time, and and, and you take them to a house in the Hollywood Hills, mind blowing. Bro, my son was like, he said, Dad, I want to live like this one day. Bro, I want to mm. live like this one day. So I told my partner, I said, Bro, I said, let me tell you something, man. I said, you gave my kids. The biggest gift I could get him to see something different. Now, this was like seven, eight years ago. Bro, he texts me. He texts me. Um, I got to show you. He texts me day before yesterday. Mind you, this was like eight years, seven, eight years ago. He said he found a note I left him on a napkin at his crib. Thank you, fam. This is me to him. Thank you, fam. You have enriched my kid's life with this trip. Forever grateful, Shannon. Man. He just sent me that. And he said in the text, fam, you said one day that the trip to my house helped Lil Boat blossom. And I said, bro, it did. I said, because you, you, you allowed my son to see how you was living. He planted the seed. He planted the seed. And not, only did we, and not only did he plant the seed, when we got there, when we landed in L.A., before we got to the house, when we landed in L.A., it was a dude outside, and Miles, at this point, he, he, in, he in 10th grade. 
He done been around so many rappers. He done been, because I don't, he, he go everywhere with me. Bro, he was spazzing over this little dude outside of the airport in, in baggage mm -hmm. claim. I was like, damn, who is this? Like, he was like, dad, that's such and such and such. So who is that? He said, he worked with ASAP Rocky and Kanye. He the creative stylist and he he this and he that in the style game. I said, mm -hmm. wow. So Miles go over and introduce himself to the dude. They, Miles take a picture with him, want to take a picture with the dude. He said, hey, man, take my number down. They exchanged phone numbers. Then we leave to go to the mansion. Then we fly back to Atlanta that Sunday. Bruh, by Wednesday, my son is like, Dad, dude invited me to L.A. And can I go? Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I'm cool with it. Your mom cool with it? She ain't really, she was like, nah. I said, <laughs> you know, he had proved to me that he was the type of young man, the kid, that I could trust at 16 years old to go fly to L.A. for the weekend by himself. Mm, wow. I let my kid go fly to LA for the weekend. Yeah, man, <laughs> sixth and tenth grade. Yeah, and I'm the one that took him out of school on that Friday and let him go. You know, mm. but when he landed and he got there and kicked it, he 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 sent me a selfie. He said, "Dad, I'm in ASAP Rocky crib. I'm gonna spend the night here tonight." ASAP started Crazy. messing with him. Right? They go to the studio. Who's at the studio? Kanye. <sighs> Kanye sees Miles. Miles is in high school, bro. Kanye sees Miles. No, Miles was, by this time, I think Miles was in 11th grade. But anyway, Kanye sees Miles. Say, hey, man, I like you. You remind me of myself. Can you come to New York Friday? This is, this, I mean, can you come to New York like next Friday or whatever? Miles said, yeah, my dad worked for Delta. He flies home. We decide that we're going to let him go to New York. I don't know why, what Kanye need with him, but we're going to let him go to New York. <laughs> flies to New York. He does a he does a fitting for the Yeezy fashion show, bro. Mm. And this was before he started rapping. He ain't even rapping. He ain't rapping. No, mm. he's in high school. This is just him flying out on the weekends that he had met that dude in L.A. Mm -hmm. Um, he ain't no little yachty. He ain't no little boat. He ain't nothing. He just miles, bro. He goes and does the Yeezy fashion show, and you can Google this. And Kanye put him in the front. With that red hair, Kanye put everybody else had on this color, like a tan color. Kanye put him on the front with a red sweatshirt and the red hair. And man, that next day, bruh, he was everywhere. I mean, he mm. was on he was on people.com. He was on Vogue.com. He was everywhere. And mm. shit just changed overnight. And he just became that it dude. So now we thinking. Okay, he gonna be a little street fashion model. That's right, what I'm yeah. thinking. You finna pop your little fashion game off now. The brands is finna come. Like, bro, it was crazy. So I come home and I hit Coach K. And I say to him, no, let me back up. Let me give you a little backup. By this time, he had done, he, he, his, his boys, his boys are rapping, right? And um, they they egg him on to get in the micro in the booth to do a song. Mm -hmm. He do the song. His song take off. He put it on SoundCloud and it start growing. It start growing legs. A kid take his song and um, put it on Twitter or something and do a video to it and it goes viral. Now Man. everybody want to know who's the dude singing the song. And yeah. so now you got you just coming off this Jeezy fashion show at Madison Square Garden. To now your song on SoundCloud is going viral. So I hit Coach K. 
which I didn't know, Miles had hit Coach K months before in his DM and said, hey, bro, I think I'm going to be that next guy. I think I'm going to be that next dude. But Coach didn't answer his, 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 his DM. Coach get a hundred thousand. He probably get a lot of them, yeah. Bruh, from these kids saying mm-hmm. they that next dude. Mm-hmm. So he didn't even he didn't even open Miles um, <laughs> DM, yeah. but because I done shot Jeezy, I I, I done ran around Atlanta with Coach because we in the same circle. Mm-hmm. I hear Coach goes, I'm like, yo man, my son kind of making a little noise. He said, who's your son, Miles? I said, yeah, Miles. He said, bring him to the studio tomorrow. Bring him to the studio. He see Miles, he see Miles appeal. Red hair, little swaggy little kid. Right? Mm-hmm. He said, hey, man, you need to let me have him, Shannon. I, I, I can turn him into that next dude. Still didn't sign with him yet. Two or three days later, he said, man, I'm going to take him to New York. I'm going to take him to Spotify. I'm going to take him to YouTube. I'm going to take him to Complex. I'm going to let them see who he is. And he took him to all these different places. Is this the kid that was in Kanye's fashion show? Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, man, he just started putting him around. You went from being around the little dudes making beats in a closet to now you with some of the biggest names. You know, you had in Rick Rubin house. And Rick Rubin put him with drum when they, and they did Broccoli. Broccoli, yeah. And that was Rick Rubin's idea. But you got the Rick Rubin house through Coach K. And you got the Coach K through your dad. Yeah, yep. So it's all, it's all, it's all, if, if I had bad character, if I had, if I was one of them shady cats, Coach K wouldn't have took my call, man. Mm-hmm. I don't care about your son. Yep. Y'all had that solid relationship. And it's solid, like, bro. Kind of like that six degrees of separation where everybody knows somebody and it's like a matter of time before everything just connects. It links mm-hmm. up. And, and mm-hmm. I don't be trying to be on no brag shit, but, but, but when you got a solid foundation, you got, you got solid character. People rock with you, Absolutely. and they'll listen to you. They'll at least sit. They'll at least sit at the table or take your call. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's that's what happened. Absolutely. And the rest is kind of history. <laughs> and then and it's amazing, like you were saying. You also mentioned that then it came around to where he was actually on Kanye's latest album, uh, the Donda. Donda album. album, full circle, bro. It's amazing, yeah. Full circle, like like like, and 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 and, and for hip hop today. I equated my son being on Kanye's Dunda album is the equivalent of 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 him being on the Beatles or, or at that time or Michael Jackson record. Like you I finna get hurt. He's huge. And to me, and, and some people may disagree, but I think today Kanye probably he may be the most polarizing artist in hip hop right Period. now. No just because of his Period. his his influence and Bruh. how he can just just amazing how his reach, just you know, just doing these pop up part albums, um, sessions at at the stadium. Still selling out the the, the Falcons yeah. can't do that. Exactly, exactly. The Falcons ain't <laughs> doing what he did, bro. He sold out the, sold the out. Mercedes-Benz Stadium twice, twice, twice. bro. That's crazy. So yeah, and, man. And the way he can just you know get all these artists on his album, and oh they yeah, give whoever him, you want, they gonna give him his best, yeah, his best verse. It's like to me, he's probably the most polarizing artist. Definitely right now. Yeah, hell but maybe yeah. One, and hell also yeah. maybe probably one of the most influential. So so ever. so 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 what you just said, your kid on the record with him. It's almost a surreal <sighs> feeling, man. Like, <sighs> Polarizing one of the biggest artists. If Kanye Day died tomorrow, God rest his soul, he doesn't. Uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. that's all they're gonna talk about. It's gonna be like when when Michael Jackson died. That's yep. all they're gonna talk about. Oh, yeah. That's how big Kanye is. That dude is huge. He like he like 
he, for real, for he, he on some Jay Z yeah. level. Yeah. Beyonce, because he, he's anytime he says something, whether you agree or disagree with him. You gonna listen? Yeah, you just, gonna listen. Just, just because it's Kanye, Bruh, We ain't talking music. We talking this dude sneaker game nuts. And we talking Everything, this dude influence yeah. on the culture, not just hip hop, the culture. So with that saying, this, this cat rocking with my kid, man. And 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 I remember when 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 he wanted to go see Kanye in eleventh grade, and me and his mom split a a, a, a ticket for him. We split a hundred fifty dollar ticket, and he went to go see Kanye in eleventh grade by himself. And now, full circle, you own Kanye's album, and you got to do the Yeezy fashion show. And, you know, he, he did a photo shoot with, with Kanye and Kim Kardashian back in the day for this, this European magazine. I'm like, like he, he's, wow, it's bro. Crazy. Yeah. You know, like, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's, it's a blessing. My son out here doing, and now he on his mogul shit. Really like, my is. son doing more than just music. He's an actor. He's, he's got his own nail polish line. He he on the cover of a cereal box. He did a deal with with General Mills on the cover of a Reese's Cup. Uh, I set. saw something you posted also with him and Tio. Yeah, uh, he's invested in a new um, um, plant based um, energy drink. Okay, yeah. So he he just got his hands all over the place, man, and, and he buying property. You know, where, where did he, where did he get that? Feel like he? What do you feel like he got that business mindset from? Because you know, a lot of times so some artists just focus just strictly on music, but for him. He he did um he's a um, I, I, he does everything yeah his mom is is hella savvy on the business tip so he saw his mom you know on the corporate side you know and plus uh, with you being around artists they helped him as well and and the other flip side he saw me out here grinding and hustling and shooting and 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 and, and being in the streets and and he saw all that so you got me being a creative artist and and I'm out here shooting taking you to studios parties and things you know and and, mm-hmm. and that's a blessing for a kid man. You got your mom that's going, getting suited and booted for for her her everyday attire, going to work, and then you got me being over here, this artsy fartsy creative dad that's taking you all of these different places, and we're you're meeting all these different artists. So he got the best of both worlds, you know. Mm-hmm. So he got drive. He got drive from his mama. He got drive from me. Um, and then when you do that, you parlay into your own drive, and then you go do your own thing and go do all these great things. And now he got a, a, a videographer that that he take with him everywhere he goes, mm-hmm. everywhere. He, uh, so the dude, dude basically almost live with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So Miles, and now, and now, now my next generation understands the importance of documentation, and you know his boat show on YouTube, and yeah, I, I can just tell just the business savvy because um, I, I I went back and watched his video with Drake and uh, the baby, the, mm-hmm. the Oprah's Oprah's bank account, yep. and you know it was kind of like a little little skit had a little skits in it and everything, yep. but it's a dope record. But I, I just remember um, him when he was sitting there talking to the baby, and it was kind of like I guess it was kind of just making little jokes and anything. But but it, it was very interesting what he said because he was talking to the baby about you know doing a business or something, and he told the baby you should open a a daycare, the baby's daycare. <laughs> and then he said something else about um because the baby always says let's go in his yeah. records. So he was like, maybe you should do like a create your own like GPS or something. That's called Let's Go. So just those little things like that already. Bro, like, his mind stay clicking. Yeah, it just he stay it, on it. Even if it wasn't intentionally to be like that, like yeah. maybe it's kind of be just but like to come off jokes, the cuff like but that. something like that. But it's still business savvy just to see, just to he say been something like that, like bro. That. He been he he been that kid that that always was forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Always forward thinking. How can I? How can I? He used to when he was in high school, bro. He used to go. He used to go to the thrift store 
and his mom taught him how to sew. So mm-hmm. he would make he so he would make his his his, his sweatpants real make them make them like they they were real cut real custom like and he sold them like that and so when he was sewing them like that he'd go to school then he started taking orders <laughs> so mm. other dudes say hey man do my pants and he would trim their pants and he sew them tight and he'd give them the skinny leg pants on their sweats like so he was always Smart. about making money he was always a, like a marketing major you know you always thinking about how can I, I how can how can I push my 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 brand if you will forward absolutely is, yeah. is it hard for you to you know kind of listen to cuz at the end of the day he, yeah he's a young is a um young adult now but he's still your child at the mm-hmm. end of the day is it hard for you to kind of like listen to people like try to criticize him at times cuz i remember the last time we were talking i remember it was one moment where he got caught some flat because he was saying something along the lines that he didn't really know who Tupac was and stuff. Like that, and people were jumping on. But it's hard for you to kind of like listen to people, you know, try to criticize him at times. And do you want to like step in? But you know, at the same time, like okay, he's grown, so you want to let him. You know, I, I had to learn the hard way, man. I, 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 in the beginning, I was reading everything. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading all. I'm reading everything, and some of the comments was super like, damn, that's harsh. You know, right. like, damn, you don't even know him. And you, you know, you, you talking crazy, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and some things I, I would get caught in, 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 in that man. And one time I said something real crazy about Joe Budden because Joe Budden had. Talk. I remember seeing that headline yeah, one time. Where, yeah. and, and when I did that, man, it got picked up by the media and I went viral for, for, yeah. for, for protecting my son. And, you know, people's on my side, but it was still Lil Yachty's dad. You know? Yeah. <laughs> And, and and he called me. He's like, "Dad, you got chill, man. You got chill. You got chill, man." <laughs> and um, um, I backed off. And so now I just don't. I don't read the comments. Or if I do read the comments, and and if I don't agree with something, you know, I have to remember, remember, and remind myself. You know what? That's your opinion, man. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's your opinion. What kind of advice do you give him now? Because I know life has changed for him. It's probably, you know, he's a young man. He wants to have fun. But I, I could imagine, you know, being in the spotlight all the time it's probably hard for him to even like go to the grocery store yeah it is man and you know and sometimes man it, it sucks because you know i remember one time we we he wanted some mcdonald's and uh he had to sit in the car you know and 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 you know it, it was i was we we were we were in california somewhere and i was on i was on a, a tour with him and all his friends got out the out the out the out the little minivan uh, or the the what they call those sprint van sprinters sprint. yeah sprinters. So everybody jumped out. I was like, oh, you know, I'm finna get this and I'm finna get that and 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 that's a that's when you that age, man. You 20, 21. It's fun to go into McDonald's or go into Burger King with your friends and y'all order food and you know and then you sit down and eat together. And he he couldn't do it, you right, know. Yeah. So so everybody had to bring their food and eat it on the sprinter. So I I, I know. And I know there have been times where he, you know, he, he try, he, you know, he puts his hoodie on and he hides his hair, and you know, I know, I know, you know, that's got to suck at times because you get bothered all the time. Yeah, you know? and at that you level get, of fame, you yeah, always like, uh, somebody always want to take a picture, and then if you don't, like one time we were at California Pizza and we eating, and the lady was kept blacking out, like, "Ma'am, can you let him eat?" You know, afterwards. Right. You know? And then they think I'm being an asshole because I'm like, "Can you let him finish his meal?" Mm-hmm. You know. They want you to stop eating. They want you to take the picture when they at want least you let to him take eat his food. Yeah, come man. on, so man. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just a level of respect. One lady came up. She's like, I don't know who you are, but my son's no. Can I take a picture with you? You know, it just God. it's so it's so crazy. But is it still that way here when he comes home? Because yeah, 
even yeah. though people know him already, oh, but man, now yeah. it's, it's yeah. still the same. Because way. let me tell you what happens is if he goes to Foot Locker, if he goes to the mall, he want to go shopping. People don't get to see celebrities all the time. So when they mm. do, it's a moment for them. Okay, who you are? Even if even if you ain't one of their favorite rappers, if you they just know you as Lil Yachty and you, you know, you famous. You famous. People are so caught up in fame that they, they, they still want to take a picture with you or they still want to, you know, follow you to your car and see what kind of car you're driving or, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it'd be all kind of stuff. Do you encourage him, like, you don't, don't say his location or anything, but are you in the mindset of, you know, uh, that you wanted him, like, just because of who he is now in the spotlight, that you wanted him to kind of get away from home? Because it's always that, that video when an artist – Something happens to an artist. That clip of um, Boosie always comes out where it says, you know, being an artist, you know, people want to do the most to you when we, being in your hometown. Yeah. Were you of that mindset that when he blew up that he had to, you know, just get away from home or or did you still want him to kind of, you know? No, because he, he, he's... he's um... Even though he's not... not uh, who portrays that image of like being a street artist, and, right? And right, right, and stuff right, like that. right. Yeah. I got what you're saying. No, he's he's um he's very family oriented. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. Like he's very family oriented. So I couldn't see him living anywhere else. Now I remember he had an apartment in L.A. because he he's out there so much. So he had mm-hmm. a little crib in L.A. and then he got his houses here. But uh, but really going to to, to relocate? No, nah, I can't see that. No, nah, mm-hmm. nah, he just just a few more questions and we'll get ready to wrap it up. Um, this pandemic changed a lot of things, especially with going on tour, and it just changed life for a lot of people. Um, what what would you say was the biggest lesson that you learned um, throughout this pandemic? Uh, patience, like uh, patience, man. It's 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 the world slowed us down, bro. It really did. It yeah. slowed us down, man, and uh, you had to have some patience because you couldn't move the way you was used to moving. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, and, and 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 that ain't no fun when you can't move the way you used to move, and you ain't never in in your life, in in, in your your mother and father never in their life experienced anything that we experienced this past, you know, year. right? You know, like my that was wild, man. Like, hold up, I can't, I can't go get on the airplane, or I can't, you know, I, you know, it was just so different, man. It's like, and 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 and. It messed with your bread. It, you know, it was like, yeah. wow, you can't make no money right now. Everybody on standstill. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like it was just like the middle class or the, or the low class. It was everybody. Bro, it was everybody. It hit everybody this So time. you better have some patience, man. Because, you know, you're going to be you're gonna be in the crib drinking too much or you're going to be doing too much of something or stressing your old lady out or, or driving <laughs> yourself crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Just looking back on, on your journey and everything that you've accomplished and been all over the world, but is there anything that you would tell um, your younger self that, to do differently? Um, man, um, save more. <laughs> I wish I would have saved more, man. I made a lot of money and, and, and I spent a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you in the moment you live in, you know, mm-hmm. you only get one life. You yeah. know, <laughs> you having a good time. Was it being yeah. around artists that kind of you like, man, yeah, I'm around them, yeah. they, they and, balling. And and back in the day, you ain't had no cash apps or no, you know, yeah. they was paying you in cash. <laughs> 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 you know, them dudes come out their pocket like sh- 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 sh. easy. You know what I mean? That's and now crazy. I got a pocket full of cash. And it's like whoa, you know. So, um, I I I, w- I kind of wish my young self would have did did a little bit 
been smarter with my money, mm-hmm. you know, as I am now, you know. Just talking about the um, state of hip hop real quick. Um, to me, the South has been dominating almost like the past at least fifteen to twenty years from from So So Def, Jermaine Dupri and So So Def and Ludacris and Jeezy and T.I. and Gucci, even up to now with your son and Lil Yachty, uh, the baby, mm-hmm. uh, QC, Migos, everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you describe this time of like the South being just so dumb? Even outcasts in the past, everybody. Just how do you describe like the South like and what it meant to the hip hop culture to just be so dominant for this long stretch? Because Atlanta artists rock with each other. Atlanta artists rock with each other, man, and 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 they put out. I mean, for real, for real, the age has been putting out good work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all them different artists you name, they just been putting out good work over, over the years, and it just it just keep going like Future and Young and Thug and yeah. You know, I mean, these Atlanta artists are putting out they they putting out good work, so they can't be denied. So it 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 just. It, it just makes sense the way the South is running right now. You know, the, the Atlanta off, Atlanta artists are running things because they always have, and they just, they you know, they dump with their craft. It's just so unique. And I remember, um, like, one of the things I, I, that was, um, you hate the, hate the pandemic happened, but one of the things that it did, though, was that it, it created the verses. So I remember watching, it was nearly and ludicrous, but then when you get a chance to watch it, it, it just gives you, like, a, takes you back down memory lane to like, you remember these artists, like these great records that they put out. That was one of the things that the verses did. And it was just like one of, the, it was like a big blessing just to see that. And I was like, man, these artists, like, it just reminds you, man, like Atlanta artists have really just dominated for a long stretch of time. And it's, and it's still long, ongoing today. But um, just get a, a couple more questions. We'll get ready to wrap it up. Um, well, this will be the last one. The, um, we like to ask people when they when they come on the road, um, when we've been traveling everywhere, this is our Cross the Line podcast, self-investment tour. So my final question to you would be, what does self-investment mean to you? Self-investment means investing in myself and my health and my wealth, uh, taking care of me, you know, um, mm-hmm. um, focusing on my business. Um, self-investment means, you know, um, saving my money for better equipment, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, better lenses, better things that's gonna push my business forward. So um, you know, I, I I I know I know now that that I deserve that. So I work hard enough to put the money aside to to invest in what what what, what means the most to me. Absolutely, Shannon. I want to thank you also um, for taking the time. You also um, inspired me. I got something for you as well. But I remember last year, um, some it was some guy that you knew. You followed him. And he, he, I guess he was talking about a book. Mm-hmm. And you, I remember you posting the book. It was called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Yep. <laughs> and I saw you post that. I was like, man, let me go check this book out. So I ended up, what I did was I went and um, I was reading it on my phone. I got an e-book. And I was like, man, this book, I was just reading the first few pages. I like, man, this is really good. So I ended up buying that book. So okay. thank you because you inspired me because I, I, I love reading books. Right on. So when you did that, it's like, and that's one probably one of my top five books that I've oh, wow. read within the past year. It's a, <laughs> okay. a great read. But yes, I, also, I also got you a gift, um, just a, a token of appreciation. Um, I wrote a book. Um, this was about, uh, it took me about two and a half to three years to write it, but this is my very first book. It came out back in March. Um, it's, it's entitled "F School Life Was Your Best Teacher." Yeah, yes, it is. And Hands down. and when you read it, it's 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 not what you're gonna expect. But it's just okay. me just talking about a life lesson. Like I said, I had to 
I was forced to create my own opportunities. And that's a picture of me and my son on the that's front. And he's actually holding my degree. Wow. So it's me coming from a perspective of a college graduate. But I just wanted to give you that book as just a token of appreciation. Um, I, I really want to thank you again for thank taking you, the time because you, you really, um, it, this really meant a lot to me that you, you know, kept your word. I reached back out to you and you said, you know, give you a little time because you were traveling and everything, yeah. but you, you still kept your word and, and you allowed us to come back into your home again to shoot another interview. So Absolutely. I really appreciate you no for doubt, man. taking the time no to doubt. do that. So that, that really meant a lot to me. But um, before we get out of here, can you tell everyone um, how to find you on social media? Yep. Um, so all my socials are at Shannon McCollum, S-H-A-N-N-O-N-M-C-C-O-L-L-U-M. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that, at Shannon McCollum. And just give people real quick before we get out of here, and we're going to wrap it up. For anybody that wants to chase their dream and has a vision of whatever they want to do in life, what advice would you leave for them? Um, definitely believe in yourself. If you, know you're, if, if, you, if you feel like, for real, for real, you dope at your craft, by all means, keep going, man, and and just know that money don't always come at the beginning. It just it really don't, man. You got you got to, you got to um, prove yourself. You got to push yourself, and 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 when you do that, you learn you learn something. You learn something about yourself too, and uh, somebody gonna see you. You know, somebody gonna hear you. Somebody gonna hear about you. Um, but you just believe in yourself. Take chances. Spend money on yourself to get where you gotta go. Sometime. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. You got to spend a little bread to get get to where the faces are, the the, the, the people that's shaking and um, grooving and shaking. So yeah, man, invest in yourself. You know, believe in yourself and 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 um, put you first. Absolutely, like we always say, this is Crossline Podcast Self Investment Tour. The self investment is the best investment you, that you could possibly make. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors again, KB Car Care. Thank you to Big Ben's Desserts. And also thank you to Charlene's Home Cooking for sponsoring this episode of Cross the Line Podcast. Shannon, I want to thank you again. I really appreciate the opportunity. Pleasure, so, man. So hopefully everyone enjoyed this episode. It's a great um, lesson in history again. I uh, hope you learned a lot of things from this, ep- this interview. But once again, this is a Cross the Line Podcast, self-investment tour. Keep chasing your dreams. Thank you for listening. Peace.